I'm going to do this podcast on um, faith and my um, journey to finding a church. I go to Bible study every week, but I still haven't found a home church. And I was looking through the internet, doing some research on a pastor from Hope City, who I really enjoyed. And the reason why I enjoyed him is because he was very funny. And whenever he had a sermon, it would be on a specific topic. And he would use Bible verses to explain the topic, which helped me to better understand the Bible verse. He was very funny, um, charismatic, and he always included his family in his sermons. But I always thought that there was something similar between the life that he was living and the life that I was living. He was always including his wife but you can tell that there was something very stoic about her. It made me feel that, yeah, they loved each other because they've been through a lot. So they pretty much tolerated, tolerated each other. But that's not really love. So I wondered, one day suddenly, suddenly it was announced by the church that he would no longer be with Hope City. Now this church in Texas is one of the fastest growing churches in Texas. And they ended up having sub-churches where they would hold um, sermon via video. And I can remember going to church on some days and ended up sitting in the um, the additional seating because it was so packed. But I didn't care because he explained the verses in a way that I could understand and I appreciated him from that. And from what I remember, I believe I was baptized by Hope City. I think I, I believe I was. I remember the day because it was myself and my stepchildren. We all got baptized. I believe so. I have to. I don't know. My memory. My memory serves you right. I, or maybe it was me, or maybe it was. I don't know. I don't remember. So when I finally looked him up, it stated that. The reason why he left the church, because I never knew, was because he had an adulterous affair. So I was like, man, I completely under, I mean, it was sad that he gave in to temptation because that's what the devil wants you to do. But in a way, I kind of understood why he did it. Um, I believe it felt like he was living a facade. 
that he was living a loveless in a loveless marriage as I was. So that's why I always could connect his life to mine. I can relate. And there were many times that I wanted to have an affair, of course. Because it's like you're, you're, like I can relate it to, you know, my cat. I love my cat. If you follow my podcast, you know I love my baby. And there are times that she'll come to me, like, begging for attention. And that was me. Begging my wife for attention. Because we lived a facade. You know, what was seen on the outside was not what you got behind closed doors. So like I said, there were many times where I wanted to have an affair. I had the opportunity to have an affair, but I never did. And I guess that doesn't matter because that's, that's, uh, you're emotionally checked out. So it's the same as having an affair. And I always felt that I was cheated on several times, but I never, ever had the proof. I guess I was never, wasn't, I was supposed to get the proof because I was there for a different purpose. I was there to serve the need of someone else and not my own. And, and that was my choice. If I would have listened to God, I would have went in another direction. But I didn't. I thought I knew. I thought I was smarter. So I understand why he did what he did. But I, I, I feel bad that I had to come to that. And um, he made a he made a bad decision. We all make bad decisions. I made bad decisions in my marriage. There is no saint over here. It takes two to tangle. There's not one person who destroys a marriage. It takes two to destroy a marriage. But I'm just really um. Um, I'm okay with the decisions I made, well, but I think I could have made better decisions. I feel like if I were to focus my life on God, I would have left my marriage a long time ago. And I wouldn't have stayed in it where it got worse. I think the longer I stayed, the worse it got. Because you, you harbor a lot of anger when you feel like you're not being loved or you're not being heard or you're not being respected. 
And a lot of times that anger will come out in ways that you regret, but it comes out. There's, there's no way you can keep that bottled in. And I know it may sound like I'm playing the blame game. Uh, I hope not, because I had a lot of fault in the, the deterioration of my marriage. Like I said, no one is innocent. No one. But I'm starting to understand that it was meant to be. Those things were meant to happen. And even my stroke was meant to happen. Because I'm meant to be here and away from my marriage. I'm not meant to be connected to my marriage any longer. And I'm okay with that. You know, I just pray that my stepkids are happier. I know my soon-to-be ex-wife has moved on. And not because I have information, because I don't. It's just behavior, patterns of behavior. You know, the reason why she left her ex-husband was because of me. Because of the infidelity with me. So how you come into a relationship is more than likely how you're going to walk out. So I found out about a lot of infidelity. Even before I had my stroke. And I was dealing with that infidelity while I was in ICU. I was dealing with that infidelity while I was in um, the physical therapy. Not even rehabilitation. You know, I was in rehab for six weeks. And I was dealing with it then. And then I was dealing with it even after I came home from re from rehab, rehabilitation. I was dealing with it then too. Where there was, I was trying to hold on to something that was gone still. And um, I can remember spending Valentine's Day with my soon-to-be ex-wife. And a, a phone call had came in through the car and Lexus, the number pops up. And the, the photo pops up, and it was a photo of a man as they were driving me home <laughs> that popped up. So I was dealing with it then, too. I just wish that I would have never, like, fought, fought it. Like, I felt like such an idiot, such a sucker. You know, trying to keep someone who, who's already obviously moved on. Obviously. Why am I trying to hold on to something that's gone? So when I was forced to move back home to New York, um, it, I was okay with that. Because that was the only way that I was going to get out. So when I mean forced, I mean that if I didn't get out, I was going to be evicted. 
because I had no job. I had no money. I had no support when I was told that I was always going to be supported because I had supported my family throughout the entire 12 years we were together. And I was told that that support would be reciprocated, but then it wasn't anymore because I believe they moved on. So you can't support one relationship when you've already moved on with another. You know, who wants to be in a relationship with someone who's financially supporting their soon-to-be ex-wife? So I understood why the support stopped. It was just, you know, that timing was not good because I had to end up selling all of my furniture on Craigslist. I had strangers coming to my home, taking my furniture out of my house one piece at a time. And then um, I ended up getting on a plane with my cat and coming back to Brooklyn. And there were times when my cat was trying to escape while we were on the plane. She was tearing a hole through her carrier. And I would, they were like, just hold her in your seat. And I had to hold on to her and just like, you know, rock her and talk to her. So it, it took a lot for me to get here. You know, the last person to I gave all of my stuff to, everything that I had left, like spoons, knives, everything, like dishes, pots, pans. And this woman, she was in a relationship that you could tell it was in some turmoil. And then she left an envelope with me and she said, don't open this until I leave. So um, I did that and... I didn't have enough money to get home. I had a, I didn't have enough money to get to get my bags on the plane. I didn't have enough money to ship my bags. And when I opened this envelope, she left a note. She said, "God sent me a message, and He told me to give you this money. You know, because you. I mean, I literally given all my stuff to her. I was like, you don't have to pay for anything. Just take it." It's yours. Everything. And she left me just enough money. I think it was about $600, $700. So for a one-bedroom apartment, I probably made about maybe $1,500. But it was that last $600 that saved me or else I would have been stranded. And I guess the reason why I'm saying all of this is because it's been in my mind. It's been on my mind. I've been thinking about my pastor. You know, I've been understanding what he went through. You know, and um, but there's always two stories, two sides to a story. There's three sides. There's my side, their side, and the truth. But God saw it all. And um. I just hope that um, my family is happy because no matter what, I'm still married. They're still my family. I hope they're doing better. I hope she found love and I hope it's a love that um, was better than what I could provide. Was better than what she had. Because I think the reason why she could not love me is because she never felt love herself. You know, when you deal with abusive relationships, there's no love there. And then with me and my anger, 
you know, it added to it. So, I mean, so I, I say, I'm saying all this to say is that I sent my pastor, um, Jeremy Foster, a message yesterday. And it was just three words. It was, I miss you. Because I miss him. I just miss how he explained things to me. How he explained Bible verses. I miss his jokes. I miss his laughter. I miss his commitment to the church. And I hope he's okay. In the same way, I hope my soon-to-be ex-wife is okay. I hope she's happy and in love and enjoying new experiences. <coughs> and although I haven't found anyone, because I'm not looking... I know God is going to send me someone who's going to appreciate this person that I've become. Because now the person I am today is has God and you can see it from the inside out. It just emotes, you know, my conviction that God emotes love. You know, and I, I look forward to getting baptized again because I feel like the first time I got baptized in Hope City... It was not for me. It was for her. So now I'm, I'm renewed and I want to do this for me. So I, I know my cousin is going to baptize me. Hi, baby. Hi. You want some loving? Come here. Come here, Duda. I love you. I love you. See, I told you. She begging. But you don't have to beg, baby. I'm always here for you. Always. Always. So next time I get baptized, it's going to be for me. It's a new person. So whoever is lucky enough to get the new me, even though I have some physical challenges, um, they're going to get a, get a better, better, a way better me. Because I've learned a lot. And um, I just hope he's okay. And he... When I sent that message to him, I sent the three words, I miss you. He he liked it. So he, sent her, he actually responded and saw it. And I hope he's okay. And I just pray for him and his family. Um, I didn't go back to that church because um, the new pastor, he throws out a, light of, a lot of Bible verses, but it's so many, but you can't take time to understand what he's trying to say. And I'm happy with my Bible study group. You know, they explain things to me that I need explained to me because I need it, things explained to me like a baby because my brain is healing. But I just want to talk about Bibles, Bible study and church and just faith and have faith, have faith. And the next time I get on this thing, I'm going to talk about disability and the justice system, how the justice system is not created to help those who are disabled and also how the insurance system is not created to help those who are disabled and how a lot of times I can understand why people who go through a disability can end up homeless but I'm lucky enough to have a family who can support me right now I'm supporting myself because I'm living in the Airbnb and um and I'm going to talk about other things, but right now I'm just going to leave it there and just God bless you. And
Let the Lord keep you safe and wrap his arms of protection around you and make 2023 just a wonderful year. And God bless you and thank you for listening.